Three years ago, we allowed tyrants, communists, and our own weakness to take over and control our lives, and may we never be stupid enough to let it happen again. Let's take a look back at the dawn of the COVID era and all of its stupidity. Then, country star John Rich joins me with his thoughts on the latest shenanigans coming out of our so-called leaders. The show starts now. So normally on Thursday nights, I give you my losers of the week, but tonight I'm naming each and every single one of us a loser because we all, in some way, shape, or form, complied with tyranny for way longer than we should have. We set a stupid and dangerous precedent that by way of manufactured fear, we can be controlled. Just a little over three years ago, it all began, the COVID era, the dumbest time in modern American history, hands, but no mask down, only between bites. You know, many of us try to block that era out of our memory, but if you forget history, you are doomed to repeat it. So let's remind ourselves of all the utterly stupid BS we complied with, shall we? March 19th, 2020, I'll never forget it because I was flying back to L.A. from a weekend in Dallas, and it was the night Governor Gavin Newsom shut us down. California was, unsurprisingly, the first day in the nation to issue the BS shelter-in-place and safer-at-home edicts that initially they marketed as two weeks to flatten the curve. We were scared, so we complied. And I'm not just talking about California either. Damn near every state, with the exception of seven, South Dakota, Arkansas, Iowa, North Dakota, Utah, Nebraska, and Wyoming, shut down in some capacity. That means 43 other states, Republican states included, by the way, effectively told healthy people to stay in their homes, abandon their jobs, their friends, their extended families, and life as they once knew it to fight off a virus with a survival rate over 98%. They told us, no, they demanded. We stay out of churches, gyms, beaches, hiking trails, the freaking ocean, and the small box stores for our health. But you know what was deemed essential? The banks, the liquor stores, the big box stores, and the BLM riots, of course. Y'all remember when the flippin' Coast Guard arrested a lone paddle boarder in Malibu for violating Newsom's stay-at-home order? He faced a maximum of six months in jail and a $1,000 fine for paddle boarding alone in the ocean. You know, I was looking back at the original article and no crap, it referenced a leading scientist who said SoCal water is one of the riskiest places when it comes to catching coronavirus. Uh, come again? I think we've easily, too easily forgotten everything they've put us through and all the lies they told and are still telling. These tyrants like Fauci weren't stupid. They were calculated, and they still are. We were stupid. We listened. And guess what? It, it hasn't even been a full year since we've been able to travel on an airline without a freaking face diaper. That wasn't lifted until April of last year. Did you all forget when they made us lift our masks between bites and sips of water? Or when they had the families of toddlers do the perp walk off the airplane for not forced masking their two-year-olds? Remember when we had to stand six feet apart in the damn grocery store and everywhere else? I mean, just think back to all the crap we put up with for a glorified cold. And to appease us into remaining compliant sheeple, they sent rounds of stimulus checks and extended unemployment. So first they tanked our economy and then they inflated it and now we're still suffering through it. And it wasn't just our economy they crushed. Our young people will struggle with generational learning loss thanks to the remote learning hoax the teachers' unions wrote the policy on. But they, the collective tyrant they, got what they wanted. 
mass mail-in voting and our spines in a jar. But we let that happen. We gave them the power. And three years later, though most COVID restrictions have been dropped, these tyrants still have their emergency powers. And if you don't think they'll wield them again, you really don't pay much attention to life. They'll do it for the next politically convenient virus or the climate or anything else they pull out of thin air. We must never allow them to get away with it again. And yes, we were losers for allowing it for as long as we did. May we never, ever be that dumb again. We only look back to see how far we've come, but who am I kidding? Some of you are still masking and vaxxing, so I give up on you. The rest of us, though, never again. Still ahead, country star John Rich joins me in studio for a rundown of the latest on the Trump witch hunt, 2024 predictions, his new chart-topping song, and more. People in America are not settled with the information that's been given to us right now. So I'm not going to be lining up taking a shot on a vaccination for something that wasn't clear in the first place. And then you all create a shot in miraculous time. It takes years to but create vaccination. Well, it, it used to take years. Okay. Because, right. when you, because when you start talking about paying people to get vaccinated, when you start talking about incentivizing things to get people vaccinated, there's something else going on with that. Y'all campaign is about fear. It's about inciting fear in people. You all attack people with fear. That's what this pandemic is. It's a fear. It's fear, this pandemic. That's all it is. I guess you could say they knocked on the wrong door, but the fact that that man, that liar, that fake is still going on national TV is not in a cave somewhere with his demon tail between his legs is such a slap in the face. The only thing I want to hear from Fauci ever is an apology and a confession. But join me now with his take on that and so much more, a busy news week for us. Country star John Rich. So, John, I want to start with that because that happened in 2021. Mm -hmm. I mean, that should have been everywhere. We should have seen that prior to now, people actually shutting down this whole charade. But I think now the COVID stuff, we just had Joe Biden saying he's going to declassify all the origins. We're going to get to the bottom of it. We're going to hold China accountable. Yeah, it's been three years. Get him, Joe. Yeah. We're counting on you, Joe. Uh, there's a lot of things in that clip you just showed. So one is, if you notice, Fauci said, no, actually, uh, actually, th there was 20 years of science behind this vaccine. Really, there was 20 years of science behind the vaccine for the for the virus that came out three years ago. Really, tell me how right. that worked. Uh, let's look up the patents. That would be interesting. Another thing is, uh, you know, the gentleman standing there talking. Did you know African Americans are the least vaccinated part of our society? And there's a good reason for that because African Americans have been experimented on throughout the decades of our country. Tuskegee experiments, go on, go look that up one time. They were taking uh, poor African Americans uh, and doing all kinds of terrible things to them and paying them some money to do it. And so that man's aware of that. And he's like, you're paying people to take this vaccine? I don't think so. Good for him, you know, common sense, grounded everyday Americans are the ultimate defense against this elitist nonsense and in my opinion, depopulation moves that they've been trying to make on people for years now. America's waking up to it, thank God. Well, I'm talking about in the top of my show today, I mean, it's three years. I was in California at the time, March 19th, 2020. That's when Newsom shut down California. I was there at the time. I remember the run on the toilet paper. I mean, all of it. And looking back three years later, it's amazing what we went through. It's amazing what we put up with, and some people are still putting up with. But although COVID's 
largely been dropped at this point, they still have those emergency powers. And I fear the next thing is going to be the climate emergency. Mm -hmm. We all need to stay home for a certain number of hours a week and not drive, not go anywhere because of the climate emergency. So I think that's what people really need to be aware of here. It's less about COVID and more about the powers that they took because of COVID that they're never going to give back. Yeah. So a couple of things, if, if, Go back and look this up. Now, I always tell people it's easy to forget stuff when it's three or four years old. But if you go back and look up the original broadcast coming out of China that American media was populating, it was people in China literally falling yep. over in the street, passing out, guys pulling up in hazmat suits, putting them on. There were body bags laid out all over the floor, people just dying in mass. That's the first thing Americans saw about covid and we went, what on earth, what is this? This is the apocalypse. Right. I mean, and so they were able to grip America with that amount of fear because it looked pretty legit. Have you seen anybody passing out or dying, standing on their feet from COVID since then? We talked about that yeah. because that's why everyone was so terrified. If of we would have been told that this is essentially a cold and the elderly are the ones that have the most risk, it's like a pneumonia for the elderly, people would have had, I think, a much more realistic <laughs> response to it. But we did think you catch it, you drop dead. Well, so, sure, but that wouldn't have the desired result. And the desired result was, can we control the American population? How much fear do we have to put on them to really control them? Because this is like a beta run for whatever we're going to do down the road when we really control them, whether it be digital currency, one world banks, whatever they, whatever this, these crazy people want to put into gear and take the world over. This was a beta run for that. This was just a nothing but a test run. But when you go back and look at that Chinese footage of people falling down and dying from COVID, you never saw it again. Once they had America locked inside the house, they didn't show that again. Right. And so the whole thing was a, was a big runway uh, to, to, to try to knock us out. And that man standing on his front porch going, I don't think so. He's got a lot of reasons to say I don't think so, especially as an African-American man in this country with the history they've had of being experimented on. People don't realize that. Go back and look it up. It, it is horrifying uh, what, our, what our country and our scientists and, uh, and pharmaceutical companies have done to people. Oh, yeah. We talk about, you know, the taking care of the, the big guys, the billionaires. You know, we got to make sure that they are taxed their fair share. But yet we're putting money into the pockets of those said billionaires, whether it be bailing out activist banks or yeah. big pharma, what have you. But the big news of this week, as we know, uh, we learned over the weekend, it never ends. Right. The Trump, the Trump arrest, the potential Trump arrest, the indictment over the hush money allegedly paid to Stormy Daniels. I mean, all of this is Groundhog's Day. It's they've investigated this guy for years and mm -hmm. years and years. And the, this is the best they can come up with. But I wonder, John, I think that the left wins either way on this because they've been wanting to see this man in handcuffs for years now. And I think that they will appease their base by showing him in handcuffs I think that they'll also appease the conservative base as mm -hmm. well. So I wonder where we go if this should happen. I think they, so you and I would disagree. We don't disagree on much, but I would, I would, I would disagree on that, that he loses either way. I think he wins either way. Because, a matter of fact, I think he wins bigger if he is arrested because it sets a new precedent. Not in the history of America has a former president ever been handcuffed and arrested. It's never happened in our whole history. Um, so if you arrest a former president, you have set a new precedent in, in public opinion, at least, that a former president can be arrested. If you can arrest a former president, you can arrest basically anybody. You can arrest a Supreme Court justice. You can arrest a general. You can arrest who are, a judge. You can arrest a, a congressman, a senator. You can arrest anybody at that point. So I, I think it's, it's not different than the parallel that was on his taxes. If you recall, Trump mm -hmm. would not turn over his taxes. No, I'm appealing it. 
And the next court goes, you got to turn over your text. He goes, I'm appealing it again. He appealed it all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court says, Donald Trump, you have to turn over your taxes. He goes, okay, here's my taxes. And he turns them over. And there was nothing there. There was no story. But what did that do? That set a precedent that said, if a president or former president is compelled by a court to turn over their taxes, they have to. Per SCOTUS, they have to. Now, that precedent is now set in stone. So if you call for Joe Biden's taxes, if you call for Obama's taxes, if you call for anybody's taxes, they have to turn them over because Trump had to turn his over. So I think this is an interesting game. I can't verify that that's some kind of strategy. Just to me looking at it, I go, I can see how that would play out. Well, I'll tell you this. I think that Trump wins because of this, but I think the left wins because of this as well, and this is why. I think that the Democrats really want to run against Trump. I do. Uh, Part of me, initially, with the raid and everything, I thought they are trying to damage this man so that he can't run. Mm -hmm. And then it became more obvious to me that they want to damage him in the eyes of so many people who are watching the mainstream media that already think he's a Russian agent and everything else they've already thought about Trump. But I think that they want to continue to throw another dart at him, make him weaker in their eyes, and then make him be the nominee because everyone circles the wagons around him because I really do think they want to run against him because right. I think they think we have this treasure chest of things we can use against Trump yeah, that think, we can't use against other candidates and he will be, in their eyes, the easiest to beat. Yeah, in their eyes, I think they do think that. But let, let me let me throw this one at you. Let's say we get on the brink of World War III before that election happens, which is possible, unfortunately. What other human being alive today could broker peace and and stop World War III from happening other than Donald Trump? Oh, I agree with you. So what what if we get to that point and Donald Trump steps in and goes, hang on a minute, and he's able to get everybody to calm down and back off and basically averts a Bay of Pigs kind of a situation? But you have to be in office to do that. And I don't think that he's going to... Well, I think that that's the issue right now is that the electability of Trump. Now, I'm just saying there's a lot of factors flying around right now that are so out, outside of what anybody really understands, including me, that I, th- I think it is, a, it is a wild board to look at. I really don't think we know how this plays out at the end. But I do agree in their eyes. They go, we want to run against Trump because we can beat him more than anybody. Okay, well, let's see. Because nobody can put the fire out if the fire got that big other than Donald Trump. And I think if the American public, if it gets to that tempo on the world stage geopolitically and the world's looking at who are we gonna who are we gonna elect as our president, who can put this fire out, which one of these Republicans can put the fire out? Trump. Trump's the only one that can put the fire out. I think it could get to that point. I think they're making a critical mistake thinking he's a guy they can beat at the end of the day. Well, they always underestimate Trump. And I think that's a poor decision to make. But I will say this. You and I disagree on this a little bit because earlier this week and over the weekend. That's it. I'm leaving. I didn't (laughs) come here to argue. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) She loves to argue. You know that. No, I do. And I want to have this conversation with you because I think it's so important. It's one that we're going to be having for two years, by the way. The Republican Party in general is going to be having this conversation for a long time. Correct. And we're just kicking it off now. But over the weekend, there was a lot of calls for DeSantis to say something about this possible Trump arrest when it was just Trump on Truth Social saying, I think I'm going to be arrested on Tuesday. And it was, why isn't DeSantis saying something? Why isn't he saying something? Why isn't he saying something? And I agreed. He needed to say something. And then he did earlier in the week say something. And he said, listen. Sort of. He, well, see, that's where you and I disagree because it hasn't happened yet. So when he says that Alvin Bragg would be wrong, it would be prosecutorial misconduct to do so, I thought that was an appropriate response. But for me, when Donald Trump goes after Ron DeSantis, who is probably going to be his opponent, and, and Trump knows it, 
goes after him every single day, says that, you know, he's partying with underage girls, desanctimonious, everything that he throws at Ron DeSantis. But then it's like, why don't you stick up for me? I mean, I think that's a lot to ask of somebody that yeah, you try to railroad well, every well, single again, day. Trump's putting him in an impossible situation. Oh, it's strategically impossible. smart for Trump to do. Impossible. He's putting DeSantis in an impossible situation at that point. That and so I, I, I get concerned about DeSantis stepping in and primarying Trump because I think they both wind up losing to a large degree. You know, if DeSantis, let's just say he won the primary. Let's say he beat Trump in a primary. What's he going to have to do? How hard is he going to have to come at Donald Trump to beat him in a primary? He's going to have to come with everything he's got. Well, then how many Trump supporters are going to be left right. over to support Ron DeSantis at that point? I mean, this is yeah. this is a danger. This is I don't this is a, a lose lose, I think, on both sides of that equation. I, I agree. And I, I hate to see it on both sides. I think up until this point, obviously, Ron DeSantis hasn't really taken any shots at Trump unless he's been absolutely forced to. And even when he has, they haven't been the shots that Trump has taken at DeSantis. Right. But here's what I think the strategy for DeSantis should be. I think he should acknowledge all the, the wrongdoings against Trump. And he should be very, very clear that he doesn't agree with them. And he stands by Trump in this case. But I think what he needs to say is this. Thank you, Donald Trump, for endorsing me. I wouldn't be where I am without you. And I give you the credit for that wholeheartedly. I thank you. I thank you for everything you've done for this country. That'd be nice. I think that he will, though. But we also have to remember, the man hasn't announced yet. So I think that putting all of this... Yeah, but come on, this, Tommy. He's all over the United States. He's going to he Iowa, is, New he, Hampshire, and South Carolina. Yet. So okay. to me, it's like, if you're Ron DeSantis, strategically... Do you already, before you even announce, do you already start your campaign? <laughs> no, I think you wait. I don't think there's any upside to him right I now. I think this is a perfect example it. of how you don't come at Trump. Because if you do, he's going to twist you into a pretzel. Just like but he's then twisting. Then otherwise, otherwise you're weak. If you said nothing, DeSantis you're weak. He's twisting into a pretzel right now. I mean, he's twisting him right this very second by exactly how he responded and putting Ron DeSantis going, no matter which way I turn, I'm twisting. And I'm telling you, if DeSantis comes at Trump hard enough and is able to beat him in a primary, he just lost a massive section of voters. I mean, I don't know how he does I think it. if he comes at him that way, if I were Ron DeSantis, I told you well, I would. Well, how do you poke a hole in Trump's policies? Well, you don't. But that's the, that's the thing. I don't think that there is any disagreement amongst Republicans conservatives, even establishment types, that Trump's policies worked and would work again. I don't think anybody's arguing that. I certainly am not. I think that he would be a fantastic president. My issue is, can he get elected again? And I think that's what DeSantis says. I think he says, listen, you and I, very similar policies. I think I have less baggage. I think that I can be more easily elected. I think that's the strategy. And quite frankly, I think a lot of realistic conservatives are going to look at that and say, he might be right. Well, they could be right. But I'm telling you, this is also right. If he if he comes at Trump hard enough to beat him in a primary, he will lose a drastic amount of people that will go, I don't like what he said about Trump. I don't like how he came at Trump. I don't appreciate that. You know what? I used to like him. I'm done. I'm not voting for that guy. I'm telling you right now. Oh, in I know my it's world, they would say they would Dixie chick him. <laughs> the conservative base, the 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 Donald Trump supporters will Dixie chick Ron DeSantis if he comes at him that hard. I'm telling you right now. I I agree with you. But that also leads me to another question. Do you think that Trump supporters, which I am one, I count myself a Trump supporter, always have been, are getting too tribal in that it's like, I'll tell you what frustrates me, John, when people say, you must be loyal to Trump. You must be loyal to Trump. No, 
I don't have to be loyal to anybody except for the man upstairs, right? So True. that's what frustrates me is like, no, we, we, must, we must go for Trump. It has to be Trump. Well, there's a reason for that. There's a reason. It's not just Trump the individual. It's Trump and what he stands for. He stands for the guy that is against the entire system, against the entire establishment, Republican establishment included in that. Okay, the, the, the Ronna Romney McDaniels of the world, the right. RNCs of the world, he stands in direct opposition to all of that. That's why they hate his guts. And so as American citizens who also hate the system and we hate what we've been put into and hate how we see our country running two wings of the same bird, the left and the right, I mean, we don't trust either side of it at this point. And Trump is the only one that both sides hates him equally. <laughs> yeah. And so that for us is he's the only guy. Yeah. He's the only guy. When I see... Listen, when I see uh, Jeb Bush coming out and supporting DeSantis, and I see Romney coming out and supporting DeSantis, and I know I know where those guys come from and what they support and how they work in the background, I go, uh, it doesn't mean DeSantis is a bad guy, but I don't like their support. And so all the Trump well, supporters... Well, you know, they supported Trump going, as well, though. They supported we see, Trump as well. Yeah, but we see Trump as the guy that they all hate Trump. They all hate him. But I don't think Ron DeSantis hates Trump. I don't. I think Ron DeSantis is Trump a either. Trump supporter. So it You're talking about the voters, though. That's what you were talking about. Yes, but I, I do think this, though. I think that Ron DeSantis is a Trump supporter, and yeah. he's only going to have to take jabs at Trump should they be in a primary situation and they have to have a war of ideas so and policy. So he's probably trying to decide if he's going to do that or not. Well, I think Trump's trying to intimidate him into not running, but I don't think that's going to work. But I don't think that Ron DeSantis is establishment. I really don't. In my, in my heart of hearts, my the core of four, I really don't. The establishment is stepping in behind him. But the establishment also supported Donald Trump. <laughs> they endorsed him. Who? Romney endorsed him. I mean, they all endorsed Trump. Yeah, did they back away? Sure, they did. But well, in Romney both voted elections... Romney to impeach him. Right, but in both elections, the Republicans... Well, it's interesting how time can shed light on the truth, isn't it? Oh, and I'm not saying that for the establishment one bit. Right. But DeSantis can't help it. If no. Romney or Paul Ryan likes him, I mean, I think that they're putting like him into this DeSantis box. I'd like to see DeSantis 28. If I could call anything, give me DeSantis 28 or give me Trump DeSantis ticket. I'd love to see that ticket. Uh, I would, but I think that... It probably wouldn't happen. I don't think it would happen, especially at this point. I mean, he did the same thing to Ted Cruz, and now the two have reconciled. But mm -hmm. I remember in that primary situation, he was going after Ted Cruz. You ever seen, bo you ever seen boxers hug each other <laughs> yeah. after they beat the tar of each yeah. other for 12 but hours? But I mean, he was... Yeah. 12 rounds. Trump makes personal attacks, though. Sure. I mean, he makes personal attacks, like, about his wife. and sure. I mean, that, to me, I think that... He's I, vicious. I understand why it turns some people off, though. When you start, because here's what bothers me. The other day when you made that Truth Social post about, well, you see a picture of Ron DeSantis partying with underage girls. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, they tried to torpedo you with a bunch of crap allegations. Yeah. Why would you do that to your fellow conservative? Why would you do that out of nowhere? You're taking the first shot at the man trying to levy accusations against him because regardless, if Ron DeSantis doesn't even run, we still need Ron DeSantis. So it, Trump's saying, hey, look, he partied with underage girls. Is it possible? I thought that was cheap. Do we all, I, I agree, probably cheap, but it also leaves a mark. And so I don't know. I don't fight like that, but Trump does. You know, I, I would ask you this. Do we know everything there is to know about Ron DeSantis? The answer is no, we don't. All we know is him being the governor of Florida and, and the great things he's done in Florida. And he really has. He's killed it down there. But do we know everything about him? No, we don't. We don't know everything about him. So 
I don't, I don't guess you know everything about anybody at the end of the day. It's kind of the pot calling the kettle black, no, though. If we're very doubt. honest about there's Trump, no it's doubt like, about it. you know. There's no doubt. It is, and then it, it's, just, it's frustrating But there again, if you're going to pot and kettle this thing, you better be ready to pot and kettle because oh, well, that's what it's going to be. We know Trump fights dirty. We know, and that's his style. And you know what? I don't expect anything different. I really don't. It's probably don't. why we didn't have any wars break out while he was president because he also talked to the other world leaders like that. Yeah. He probably sat in a room and he said, God knows them. what to people. And he emasculated them, and it, and it works for him. It, it, it really does. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, we need Ron DeSantis. We still need him. I still have a lot of confidence in Ron DeSantis. And so, to me, if you want to come at him and you want to say, hey, listen, I've done this before. I have a record to run on. You only have Florida. That's one thing. But, hey, you partied with underage girls, allegedly, and here's a photo. <laughs> I mean, that to me is like... I don't think that that's where we need to go. I, I don't either. I don't. I never have like that. I will say this, though. Uh, I want to switch gears to Ukraine because both President Trump and Ron DeSantis are in agreement about ending the nonstop funding of Ukraine. And now we've got China and Russia cozying up. Um, and Iran and Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah. But are the world's enemies, the enemies of freedom, the enemies of us, certainly, they're coming together. And mm-hmm. that's what happens when you have a weak President Biden, weak commander-in-chief, we all know this. But what I can't figure out, though, is the Republicans who, well, I mean, I get it, won an endless funding of Ukraine. Lindsey Graham? Yeah, Just Lindsey Graham. It. Oh, yeah. Lindsey Graham, but others. I mean, McConnell, I obviously. With, I had dinner across the table from Lindsey Graham, and it took me a week to get the sulfur smell out of my clothes. <laughs> okay? I, I, I dismantled Lindsey Graham at a table uh, with Trump sitting there and Herschel Walker and a bunch of other people uh, over over his support, his unending support. First of all, he had just voted for red flag laws, and I asked him about that at dinner. That was fun, and then and then we went into the vaccine, and that's when he just lost his mind. You know, we got a bunch of warmongers on the right, a bunch yeah. of them. They love war, they love war. Trump's the only president. How many how many decades now that a war didn't get started mm-hmm. with him in office? I mean, he's he likes peace. He likes people to get along. He likes commerce. He likes, you know. He likes people to to flourish, not to destroy things. He builds things. He doesn't destroy things. And so you've got all these Republicans that want to keep pumping money and keeping that war alive. I mean, you saw a report yesterday that they're now uh, there's been two different times that they've tried to have peace talks and stand downs, and America keeps cutting the legs out from under it. Not not us, but the people running our country right now. They don't want to see it end. They want right. it to continue going because it's big business and it mm-hmm. allows them to do all kinds of nefarious things that they want to do. It's disgusting. It is, and I don't trust Zelensky for a second, and I don't know why we've made this man somehow this this martyr, this honorable hero. I don't trust him for one it, second. He's a hero just like people were dying of COVID on their feet in China. Right. It's the same, it's the same exact process of propaganda. So I don't think Zelensky's a good guy, and I don't think Putin's a good guy. I think they're both bad guys, and they go hash it out. But it is interesting that nobody nobody tried to take anybody's country over when Trump was in office. Right. Probably because he talks to them like he's talking to Ron DeSantis <laughs> right now. So as much as that's not my style and I wouldn't want my kids talking like that, I go, it's pretty effective. No, it is. It certainly is. You know, he kept the world at bay because people thought he was crazy. And, you know, that's they fine. Thought he's that's John it. Wayne. Yeah. And I agree with you. He you was know? a fantastic president. Best well, president of my Well, can anything other lifetime. than a John Wayne save the world right now? No. I want to turn now to our state of Tennessee. Uh, I don't have a lot of great things to say about our governor, but I will say this. At least we got the no drag shows for kids and no 
mutilation of children's bodies. At least we got that through, yeah. right? So they don't often talk about Tennessee unless they're talking about the university and March Madness, right. or they're talking about the fact that we don't want drag queens dancing for children. Yeah. Were you surprised at the amount of pushback that that Tennessee law got in the mainstream media and the general public? No, because the devil screams when you throw water on his fire. Remember the Wicked Witch of the West when she got hit with a bucket yep. of water and she just went crazy and started screaming? That's what they do when you throw water on their fire. They scream bloody murder. That's what they do. So always expect that. But here's the thing. We're not here to make people happy. We're here to do what the boss says. And, and in, in the New Testament, he said, you'd be better off to tie a millstone around your neck and cast yourself into the sea than to ever harm one of these children. It actually says to cause them to stumble is what it says. It didn't even say harm cause them to stumble, meaning inject evil or anything mm -hmm. menacing into their innocence. You'd be better off to kill yourself. Jesus said that. That's quite a statement. That's the red letters in Matthew. Go look that one up. And so when you look at kids that are innocent, and they all are, and, and adults are putting things into their, uh, whether, whether it be uh, telling them to hate each other because of what color they are, or whether it be sexualizing them, or putting them in situations that, 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 that compromises their innocence, it has to be stomped out. It has to. And it doesn't matter who screams about it. You have to do it. And, and yeah, Governor Lee did the right thing. He, he has been weak on several things that I was pushing him to do. He didn't, didn't see him through, upset mm -hmm. me greatly, but he did very well on that one. And uh, so I applaud him for that. I do too. And I think that it's a great precedent to set. But I'll tell you, you and I are both in Nashville. Nashville, we know, is more liberal. When this happened, the outcry from the liberal community in Nashville was deafening. I mean, I saw every social, even places that are just post about Nashville food. Oh my gosh, they're going after gays. They're going after drag queens. Here's the hotline to call if you feel personally attacked and assaulted by this. I was and nobody surprised. was going after gays or drag no, queens. No, no, they they're weren't. Saying, but that's that's what they thought. That's it's inappropriate for a kid right. to be exposed to that. But my question is, why do we continually mess up in the messaging? because the bill was pretty straightforward. We should have been able to message that as Republicans better. Hmm. And people- How I, so? Like how would you have messaged well, we, it? Because we didn't make it clear enough that it's not, we didn't combat the, the left in their talking points of we're banning gay, we're banning drag. Mm -hmm. We needed to get out in front of that and we didn't. So a lot of people who were low information that didn't read the bill, they still think that we're banning drag queens. But this is the repeated problem that we have with a lot of our issues that we don't explain them well enough to get out ahead of all the propaganda of the other side. We're right with what we did. We're right with what the bill says. It's very easy to understand, but we didn't get out ahead of it. And so some people are so stupid that they really do think that we <laughs> ban drag shows. For adults, they think that like drag brunches now. No, you go see all the drag shows oh, exactly. you want to go see if you're You and I know and this, but if you talk to the average Nashvilleian that's maybe independent or on the blue side, they really yeah. do believe this in their heart of hearts. And I don't know, is it just a lost cause? We stop trying to explain I think it? I think it is a lost cause because I think it doesn't matter how you word it. Uh, the, uh, your opponent is going to spin it uh, to get the most uh, anger they can possibly get out of their base to energize them. I mean, that's, that's how they play the game. At the end of the day, you got to do the right thing. Uh, you know, there's already obscenity laws on the books in Tennessee. There's state statutes, federal mm -hmm. statutes. It is illegal to expose a minor to obscene material. It's illegal. Okay, you just can't do it. It's a, it just you can't find courts that'll or DAs and then courts that'll prosecute this. But it's the same thing with, you know, uh, books that have sexually explicit material uh, in elementary school libraries and things like that. 
that these kids can get their hands on it, and that's illegal. You can't allow kids to be exposed to obscene material, mm-hmm. and it goes into, look up the Tennessee statutes. It's very specific, pictorials, cartoon images, blah, on and on and on. Whether the person is real or make-believe, blah, it's still not allowed. None of it's allowed. You know, that same material, if, if you went to a public park or anywhere outside of a school building and exposed kids to the exact same thing, uh, and a parent wanted to wanted to go after you, you'd be arrested for that. Oh, yeah. But inside the school, they, they have a thing called the guise of education, which guise means, uh, you know, a cloak. It's, a, it's mm-hmm. something to hide behind. And even the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals uh, guy was brought in several years back for this exact thing, exposing kids to obscene material in, in uh, sexually charged situations. And he said, no, no, it was educational. It was educational. And it got appealed all the way to the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, and they said, you cannot hide behind the guise of education. Mm-hmm. That was their terminology. And the guy went to jail. They took him in. So at the end of the day, it is illegal. You can't do it. And then the other question is, why do you want to expose little kids to oh, that? Oh, it makes no sense. I wouldn't. I don't. Why would you want it to do any? It shouldn't be a partisan thing. You do not interject things that compromise a child's innocence, period. That ought to be a law. Last question for you, heading into 2024. How big do you think that these culture wars, as we call them, which encompasses really everything that's not fiscal or foreign policy related, how big do you think the culture wars are going to be in 2024, and how much do we have to fight them in order to win these next elections? Not just a national election, but all the elections that are going to be important for us. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the word war associated with culture is, man, what, what a phrase, but it's correct. And the only way, if you're actually in a culture war, which I believe we are, the only way you know if you're making any ground is to take property away from the other side or to turn light bulbs on in dark rooms. You know, they've got millions and millions of people herded into these dark rooms and they don't know where they're at and they just hear it. They, they can't see it. If you can flip a light bulb on in those dark rooms through, through culture tactics and go, hey, have you ever thought about it this way? Hey, you know, this is actually what that is. Here's how history backs up our position. This is not good for you or the country then you can start making ground on that. It's starting to happen in music, movies, books. Well, you mentioned that, which is, you're a great example of that. Again, you've got a chart-topping song. You're knocking some of the big players off the charts here with your song, End of the World. And I think it's been remarkable to watch. Time and time again, you're able to do this. Mm. What, what do you think that is? Beyond the fact that it's just great music and it's got a great message, what makes people take hold of it so that it knocks all these big players off and hip-hop and pop and country? Right. I mean, you're steamrolling them. Yeah, with Taylor a Swift lot of is your... number two. Right. And end of the world, it's Tom McDonald. So if you don't know who that is, go look up Tom McDonald, man. I mean, you, you will spend hours watching this guy. There's very few artists out there um, that, that have enough spine to, to talk about the real issues without a filter that don't have record labels telling them you can't say that. Most big artists are on big record labels and they have to do what the label says. They just have mm-hmm. to or they're going to lose their record deal. And I don't have that problem. And Tom McDonald doesn't have that problem and Aaron Lewis doesn't have that problem. There's just a very few of us out there that can still write songs, talk about what's going on in the world and say it very directly. And when you do that, Tommy, what you find out is the American public is so underserved with that kind of entertainment with those kinds of messages they're not getting them anywhere else when you put a really great piece of content out like end of the world or my last song progress you put out songs like that and they go bingo that's how i feel that's Mm -hmm. how i think he absolutely nailed it i'm buying that right now and they all go in mass and they they download it and they stream it and they support it and they consume it so that's why you're seeing independent artists outside of the industry 
sitting at number one on the chart, and that's not going to stop anytime soon. You're filling a void, and you're doing it with a lot of talent. I mean, it's not just the fact that you're filling a void. It's also just good content, but right. it's good content with Still a purpose. Still has to be great content. Right. It has to be top-tier, competitive, as good as anybody else's. It has to sound as good. The lyrics have to be there. The performance, you have to do all those other things. But when you land a message that everybody else is too afraid to say, but the general public is all thinking it, there's your connection, and nobody can stop that. It's very Trump-esque as well. And I will say that, and it worked, and it's been working, and it's always going to work. The Forgotten American needs to be remembered again, and people like you are doing it. Donald Trump has always done it, and we just need more people. Well, and, and I don't want to go too long in the interview, but but rock and roll and, and the Bob Dylans of the world, the, the, all those people, you know, the pen is mightier than the sword. That's a real statement. Mm -hmm. That is true. And back in the day, liberals... The liberal side of the music industry, they were the ones taking on the government, taking on the politicians, taking on war. They shut Vietnam down. The songs in America had a great thing to do with shutting down the Vietnam War. It created a populist feeling that they could wrap their hands around a two and a half minute song and said, yes, this is my message. And we've lost that. And so now all your guys and gals that used to be the rebels pushing back are now all working for the government. Mm -hmm. I mean, for God's sake, you got Brad Paisley coming to Nashville I mean, with was... Jill Biden telling everybody to go get their injections. And then he's doing a duet with Zelensky. I know. that putting was... that out. Look at my duet with Zelensky. That was I'm rough. Like, I'm like, that brother, it, you could not possibly be more out of touch with your audience than to do that. But good on you. Go do your thing. I won't be doing one with Zelensky. I'll be singing <laughs> a different kind of song. Yeah. But, but that's my point is that our genres and our big artists that used to be the great equalizer in culture have now all joined the other side. Where are the rebels? Where are the right. pushback? Where are the outlaws? Where are the guys that'll say it? Tom McDonald will say it. I'll say it. Aaron Lewis will say it. Tell me some other names. Maybe there's two or three I'm forgetting, but there ain't many. So it's an important job to have right now. And Charlie Daniels passed away, unfortunately. I wish we still had Charlie around because he would be right in the mix too, but he's not. So we're the next generation to take it forward. Well, and you're doing a fantastic job with it. It's a fantastic song. They can Thank watch you. it on YouTube. Millions of views. It's all over the charts. Yep. You guys are dominating. To upset Taylor Swift. And it has spaceships it, in the video. There you go. And cows being levitated. So you got to go check it out. It's really cool. We wish we could show it, but everyone's going to go watch it now. So Go watch it. We're going to get a, another million views on it, I'm sure, <laughs> by the weekend. Appreciate it. All right. Switching gears still ahead. Miami is going buck wild for spring break. And these kids are and these are the kids whose loans were supposed to pay off. Mm, no, my final thoughts are next. Sup, kiddos. I know you want to party at spring break, but if you're going to go buck wild, at least do it in the USA where someone can possibly save your rowdy butt. It's time for final thoughts. The nation's college kids are waist-deep in spring break festivities, soaking up the fun, sun, alcohol, and drugs. You know, the same youngins that want us to forgive their student loans because they're so destitute and cash-strapped. But anyway, spring break has already taken a deadly turn in Miami, where a curfew was implemented, then lifted, after at least two fatal shootings have taken place. This is the third year in a row spring break in South Beach has gone awry, and it's really too bad young people can't have a week off school without shooting or being shot. But speaking of shooting up, gun violence and assault is not the only reason for concern. The rise in fentanyl and everything from cocaine to something as seemingly vanilla as Adderall is also a cause for pause. The border is open and there's no shortage of it or illegals coming across. Let's go, Brandon. 
Now, a simple solution outside of impeaching the whole Biden administration would be to, I don't know, not do drugs and especially not buy drugs on the streets from thugs and strangers. But kids are reckless and stupid, so here we are. A reminder, $2 on the streets can buy you a lethal dose of fentanyl, and it's really not worth it. But you know what else is not worth it? Going to freaking Mexico. Last week, Mexico's president riled off a bunch of dumb crap about Mexico being safer than the U.S. He also blamed American families and lack of hugs for the fentanyl crisis and threatened to meddle in our elections if Republicans don't stop holding his crooked-ass administration accountable. He also claimed fentanyl is not being made in Mexico, which is a lie, though it's also made in China and then muled over here by his buddies in the cartel. So needless to say, we can't trust Mexico and we shouldn't go to Mexico. It's not safe, period. Recent cartel activity, violence, and day-to-day crime and corruption in that country makes it unsafe for Americans and especially young people looking to get drunk and party with reckless abandon. And I've heard all the excuses before. It's safe in the resort areas. It's safe if you're in a group. No, it's not. My friend Taylor Meyer was stabbed to death in Mexico five years ago in the upscale resort town of Playa del Carmen. And he was traveling with a large group for a friend's birthday party. Yes, It is dangerous in American cities, but newsflash, when you go to a foreign country, and especially a foreign country with a corrupt government, if something happens to you, you are largely on your own. Our own State Department has put a level four travel advisory for certain regions, but the whole country has a do not travel alert, and yes, that includes your fancy resorts. More Americans are killed in Mexico each year than anywhere else on earth, so be warned. And here's an idea, kiddos. Instead of wasting your money or your parents' money or the taxpayers' loan forgiveness money on getting slammered on the beach, maybe pick up a paying side gig and contribute something to yourself in the world. Unlikely, but wise. And those are my final thoughts. Be sure to catch the entire show as well as exclusive content on Outkick.com. From Nashville, God bless and take care.